right, everybody. Once again, we welcome you guys to another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast. As you guys know, I'm one half of the hosts here. I'm the coach. Luke Foe, man. What up? We here. Yes, sir. And once again, as always, we'd like to thank y'all. We appreciate you guys. Shout out to y'all for, for sticking with us through a, a, a long NBA season, man. And, and we here. We finally got our chance. We told y'all here first who was going to win it all. We never backed down from that talk, never switched up. We told y'all Bucks and Six, man. So, so Luke, Fo, what was your reaction to the finals, man? How, how, how'd you soak it all in? Man, um, first and foremost, I'm not going to like be, be braggadocious, but I told you like nobody was going to be able to guard Giannis. So it was clear, clear as day to me that um, the Bucks are going to win. I like you said, I did say Bucks and six. Um, the Suns starting off two and zero did have me think, okay, it's going seven games, but should have stayed with my first mind. But that was a crazy finals. That was a really good finals as well. So I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, man, I thought the finals. I thought it was really cool, man, especially for for a lot of these players being first timers on this stage. Besides, um, outside of Jay Crowder, he went back-to-back finals appearance uh, appearances, so shout-out to him. But, again, man, we definitely got some exciting moments. We definitely saw the the, the best team win. We saw the best best player on the on the court dominate at a at an all-time level, especially with that all-time closeout performance, man. But like you said, it was it was a great finals, I thought. With a, with, we saw a lot of people got to see Devin Booker finally on that stage. We'll get to him in a little bit more, but but he 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 definitely had some tough baskets. I love the just the defensive defensive tutorial that Drew Holiday put on from the start of the series. Man, if if you want to become a defender, young boys and girls and anybody hooping out there, just pop on that finals with Drew Holiday guarding Chris Paul, Devin Booker. He took his lunch money every time he wants to guard him straight up chest to chest so but again man just shout out to both teams man the energy was great from from both home from um both home teams but like we said bucks and six man um i would say this just shout out to shout out to coach bud we a lot of us especially just the the nba world we get on coach bud for not making adjustments and and he rightfully so made the right adjustments. We started to see Chris Middleton close out games more instead of Giannis at the top of the key trying to figure things out. We've seen the uh, defensive pressure that the, uh, he started to put on the team. So, again, just congratulations to the champs, man, and, and what they did. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely um, a good one. Like you said, we're going to get to Devin Booker, but, man, shout-out to Drew. Shout-out to Giannis. Even Brooke Lopez, man. There was a lot of guys on the Bucks in different games that stepped up. Um, Bobby Portis, PJ. It, it was it was good for that team to win because that was definitely, like, a team with chemistry and guys that came together and played their roles, no egos. I just wanted to win. Middleton had no ego, even though, most games, he was a closer. Drew Holiday playing great defense. Giannis being Giannis times two. So, overall, man, as a squad, I couldn't be more happy for a team to win a championship. Yeah, for real, man. I thought I thought you touched on it. One thing I think people have to realize with championship teams, a few things. One, you got to be selfless and be willing to take sacrifices. 
And two, it, it's not just your your top five or top three players. It's a full roster. It's your one through one through eight or one through ten. Your full rotation. And we saw that even Pat Connaughton had uh, stepped up, hit big shots. Um, like you said, Bobby Bobby Portis, OG Crazy Eyes out there setting the tone for the bench. You know, getting the crowd in it, setting that tone for the team also on the court. So, but like you said, that was just a, a full complete team. Um, shout out to them. And, and and one quick question, man. Just I well not not a question, but just a side note that that you can affect the game in more than one ways in scoring. And I say that because everybody harped on Drew Holiday, calling him a fraud. That really that shit bothered me. Not just because I'm a fan of Drew Holiday, but when when someone is expending all their their energy on defense guarding the other team's best players who are both in the backcourt. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for him to still put up that 20 points a game and, and still find that rhythm on offense. But yet, even in a closeout game, he still gives you a triple-double with 12 points, 11, 11 boards, nine assists, and four steals. So it's more than one way to just affect the game besides just scoring. I think people really need to take notice of that, but they won't. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's disgusting watching Twitter sometimes because they're so flip-flop. One day it's he sucks, he's ass, he's going to be the reason they lose, and the next day is, man, he's so great. I told you, he's so nice, he's so special. It's just like, man, I I, I hate NBA Twitter most days. Really do. I really hate it. Oh, man. Like I said, this it's going to be a long offseason, man. Seeing some of these, these takes that people are trying to get off and and predictions, whatever they want to call it. Shit is nasty. Oh, you already know there's going to be wild predictions and crazy hot takes just for somebody to try to throw it out there, act like they know what they're talking about. They're probably going to say fucking Clay Thompson is on the market for the Lakers or something. Like, just watch. It's just going to be so nasty. <laughs> oh, man, I, I can't wait, man. But let's – uh. Let's get into the, the, the post-finals for 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 a second, man. Now that Giannis oh. got this ring, man, but honestly, I, I don't think nobody can say anything else. I was hard on Giannis from the beginning of the season. I'll say that uh, just because of, of the letdown that we got from the previous postseason. But I thought, again, that he, especially for me, I thought it was the, the second half of the season post-All-Star break is where we really started to see Giannis take that step in the right direction as far as now him being that conversation at the table among among some of the greats. He got that ring now. That's all we we asked for. Could he lead a team to the NBA finals, especially with Chris Middleton as a as a number two? And I'll say this, I'm starting to see a lot of people say that he's the, the best player in the league and all this stuff. I'm not going to go that far and say that, but it's pretty safe to say that Giannis is the most dominant player of our generation right now. And he's only 26, so he's only scratching the surface. But Giannis is stamped in my book, man. I think I think I, I think he'll still get one more ring. I don't think it's gonna be soon or next year or anything like that. But he definitely proved that he could be a leader in it to to an NBA franchise, to a championship, man. So I think a lot of people got to start quieting that Giannis talk of him not not having a bag or, or or the skill level as some of these other perimeter players do. But he just plays his game. He's 
He's a he's a, a 2021 big. He's a he's a 21st century big. He he does most of his work, his damage from the free throw line in. Yes, he's gonna still shoot his occasional three or so. I don't mind one or two threes match just to keep the defense on the hills. And even hey, if he's feeling it at the time, hey, you take that shot, why not? But like I said, I don't think it's it's very few people that can probably guard him one on one. One of them I think is in is in LA with a unibrow, but we'll get to that team in a in a little bit. But but how how you feel about Giannis after after uh, that finals performance? Man, you know, I thought I would be a prisoner of the moment because a lot of people were, you know, tweeting me or having, you know, hoop conversations, but in my eyes, Giannis has moved into the top four power forwards of all time. I have him at three. I see a lot of guys have him at two. But just his accomplishments alone, I have him definitely in my top three. Um, I have uh, – damn, I'm blanking. I have Tim Duncan, KG, and then him. And then I have Dirk at four and Malone at five. But just, you know, looking at the overall and him only being 26, we know, you know, bearing any crazy injury, we know he's going to get more accolades. But his finals run, and it doesn't matter, we're not going to talk about injuries and how he got lucky winning because in every finals we can go, you know, back and critique it. So we're not doing that. Right. Just his finals alone. His finals performance, to me, that was the greatest finals performance I've seen since 06 D-Wade. And that says a lot because there's been a lot of great finals performances. Obviously, Kobe has had some great ones, but just the dominance and points, definitely that was the best since 06. And, or not, yeah, 06 in my eyes. I mean, anybody can debate that. We can have a conversation. But to me, that was the best one. So to say that, and then not to mention he he's uh, one of three players to have a defensive uh, player of the year award, finals MVP, and MVP. And the other, the other two players are Akeem and Michael Jordan. So there's only three guys that have ever done that. That's amazing in itself. Like I said, he has a defensive player, uh, defensive player of the year award, MVP. Um, just it's, it's just the whole overall. To me, that championship, like you said, stamped him. Um, he's jumped up in everybody's talks, like you said. If you look at everyone, they're saying going into next season, he's the number one guy. And you got to respect that just because of this finals performance. I don't think anybody would have been able to stop him but AD. And I don't think AD would stop him. I think he would have slowed him down. So, right. It, it's just, I don't, I don't know, man. The, he proved everybody wrong times two. Like, you can't even say that he kind of just did his job. He did more than his job. He left it all on the floor. And people forget that he twisted his knee and people swore he tore his ACL. And look how crazy Man. he still played. Just three weeks ago, just three weeks ago, this man was hurt and down bad. And we thought Milwaukee was done. At least for as far as finals run, they was done. But... Like, but damn, man, like you said, just him being able to come back from that after but about a week or so and and put on the, the finals performance, like you said, man, was was incredible. Pretty much damn near on one leg. And 
And there's all there's the only player that I can think of who plays like that, who leaves it all out there on the floor is Westbrook. That's the only player. So them and him and Giannis mm-hmm. are are one and one a as far as just that that I'm a lead, I'm a go hard at every possession, leave it on the floor. You can't coach that. That's that's just something that's in your DNA. You just gotta be built different to do that, man. So again, salute to Giannis. He's definitely in my top top five forwards of all time. Um, I would definitely for for me, I got Dirk ahead of Giannis right now, just because Dirk gave us that one foot fadeaway that that's changed the game. But but by when it's all said and done, Giannis is definitely going to be in that that number. He could be in that number one conversation with with all the accolades that he's going to rack up. So, but just we just got to sit back and just let this and let this play out, man. So, um, I'm you think he can get that. to number one? Hey, man, the way the game is played right now. It's possible. I don't. I I can't say no. It's it's difficult just because Tim Duncan has set the bar so high, but at this point, the records are meant to be broken. Shit is meant to be broken in this league. So, I I, I want to see him make a run at it. Let's see what he can do. Why not? Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it would take a lot, man. It it would take a lot, especially. Tim it's gonna Duncan's take a lot. Five. He his over. He's gonna he's gonna need more championships. He already got the two MVPs, so really he's just going after the championship rings for me at this point. If he can get about three of them, because what Duncan got four, I want to say, right? He has five. Yeah, five. So if he can get three, and depending on how he does it, also because Duncan also had an incredible team around him with arguably the Burks, best coach Burks. also around him. Giannis did that was with, with fucking Coach Bud. All right, yes, we just gave him his, his credits, but he ain't no Phil Jackson out there or no Pat Riley, so. We got. We definitely got to also just put everything in the context when it's when it's all said and done. But who's to say he can't get up there and just put himself in that conversation as the best power forward? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's crazy. But you know, we're talking about the top five. I want to get to Chris Paul. I really, really want to get to Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, let's um, get to it, man. <laughs> before before I give my thoughts. I'm gonna shout out my guys in my group chat. We had a heavy debate, and I, I want you to. <laughs> you're not even going to believe what was said and I'm not I'm not going to take their words out of content I'm going to tell you exactly how this conversation went um it was crazy it it had its moments I don't know if they're trolling still so I'm not going to go crazy on my guys but I basically said that Chris Paul is not top five um I said that my top five would be Magic, Steph, Isaiah, kid and then Stockton um I gave my reasons we can get into it later but basically the argument was that kid is debatable but then I told them what kid went through how he broke his leg he went to the finals broke his leg came back to a team that was broke had only Matumbo but then he was out for the year and um Alonzo retired midseason on them. All that. Basically, I told them. They didn't really know all of that. And then alone, Jason Kidd went to the finals twice as the leader, as the best player. So I broke that down. So they kind of let that go. But they were stuck on Stockton. And, you know, a lot of people hate on Stockton. I don't know why. Because I was saying that um, Chris Paul, everything that people love Chris Paul for, Stockton leads in that. So everyone loves Chris Paul for his little assist. And he's able to get his teammates better. What the hell was Stockton doing? He leads in assists and steals. 
So they just wouldn't let that go. So I broke down, you know, the teammates that Stockton had and his third best scorer, which was Jeff Hornacek or um, Brian Russell. And then we broke down having uh, <laughs> having Chris Paul's uh, players. And, you know, I mentioned Peja. They said that Peja Stoyakovich and Jeff Hornacek are the same player. I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I'm going to just let that go, man. I'm no, 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 don't get, I'm not <laughs> trying to get mad on this Friday, man. Uh, uh, listen, listen, I'm going to put it in better <laughs> context because I did read it and go crazy, but I didn't get the context. They were saying Peja on New Orleans was the same as um, Jeff Hornacek on, on uh, the jazz. Cause Jeff Hornacek was an all-star before he came to the jazz points went down. He wasn't the same player, same as Peja. But I was telling them that Peja alone went through more because they had David West, who was a young star. You had Chris Paul, who's ball dominant. And then you also had Tyson Chandler. So there was no way Peja was going to average his 20. And, of course, he did get hurt as well. But the point was they're not even close to the same player. They ha- they're not close to the same capabilities. I, I couldn't believe it. But they, they argued me down. It was it was it was two guys. The rest of the group chat got kind of quiet, but I just want to know we're we're gonna get off of the whole uh Pager situation, but I wanna know is Chris Paul top five point guards? And I wanna break down yes or no. He I would say he's not he's not in my top five. I would say that. I know he's considered no top, like five and like for real, not to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but hate him. No, you're good. Like, hate alone, because a lot of people think I'm hating when I say he's not top five. Hate alone, <laughs> is he top five? Like, for real, for real, no, like, no trolling, no joking. Universally, could you see him in people's top five? It's, uh, again, I think it comes down to preference, but overall, I have to say no, only because we still haven't mentioned the likes of a Steve Nash, who is still the back-to-back MVP. No, he probably didn't get to the finals, but we've also seen what he was able to do as the best player on his team as far as with the Phoenix Suns. And he did get – he got clipped against the San Antonio Spurs and they lost to Marty Stoudemire. So that has a lot to do with it. I also have Gary Payton above Chris Paul in my top point guard list only because he still led Seattle Supersonics to an NBA finals as the best player and also is the only point guard to win a defensive player of the year. And we haven't seen that done. Well, yeah, he's the only point guard to win it. I know Jordan was the other guard to win the award, but we haven't seen any other guard win the award since. So I still have Gary Payton ahead of Chris Paul for me. But, I again, I can, I can see why people would try to argue down that Chris Paul is top five. Now, again, he you mentioned it. He does – pretty much the same exact things that John Stockton does. And people ridiculed John Stockton for playing the same way, which was pick and roll basketball and how he pretty much inflated his stats. That's, that's what I heard growing up. So to see Chris Paul pretty much play the same style, I just need those, those who have Chris Paul in their top five, what is the difference? That's my only question now, because they pretty much have done the same thing, except John Stockton doesn't doesn't get the the credit that he deserves. Now, when it comes to my top five, I got Magic, I got Steph, 
he's changed the game in so many ways. That's why I have Steph in there. Um, Isaiah Thomas. I also have, like I say, Gary Payton. That's just a little bias for me. But if 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 I take out Gary Payton, I can put in Jason Kidd, like you said. He's also been a leader of those best teams that, that have gotten to the finals. And then I also got Oscar Robinson, too, man. Oscar Robinson was, was just ahead that. of his time. I was about to say Oscar, that. That's funny. The big O was ahead of his time, man. The the first triple-double king. And those who want to hate on Russ as far as, you know, being a, a triple-double stat chaser. Well, here's the first one, the real deal right here. So if, if Chris Paul is better than that, then somebody's going to have to give me what they're smoking because I need that. Yeah, no. And then lastly, I, I want to talk about this when it comes to Chris Paul, because I think people forget. So another part of that argument was that 2019 Thunder team, he took them to the playoffs. And I said, OK, you know, like that was a good accomplishment. But the only reason people go so crazy about that is because ESPN gave them a 0.7 chance to make the playoffs. But if you look at that roster and you look at the performances, that wasn't far-fetched for them to make the playoffs on top of the season being shut down and them going to a bubble, which helped them make the playoffs. They, they had nine more games to play. You had the Grizzlies right there. You had the Suns right there. They should have easily not made the playoffs, if we're going to be honest, because the Grizzlies were hot. Spurs were actually very hot at the moment as well before the season shut down. Portland, so, too. Say it again? Port, uh, Portland was up there, too. That was a better team than the Thunder. Exactly. So, but Portland obviously snuck in a different way. But what I was saying was not even to get far off, but I was like, okay, well, go look at the 2016 Thunder and see the team Russ took. Compare stats, compare players, all of that. First of all, the 2019 Thunder had Shea averaging 19. They had Dennis averaging 18. They had Danilo averaging 18. That 2016 roster with uh, Russ was Russ. Obviously, we're going to exclude Russ and Chris Paul. I'm sorry. The, the co-stars, Victor Oladipo, who technically really didn't have a good season then, and then everybody else averaged under, under 10 points. So you have four guys with Chris Paul, or I'm sorry, uh, three guys, including Chris Paul, that averaged 18 plus. With Russ, it was one guy that averaged 20 plus, Victor Oladipo, who averaged, I believe it was 17 point something. And then the rest of the guys were, was fucking duds, like four or five points. But Russ doesn't get the credit that Chris Paul does. And I think it's because ESPN had put out that, you know, possibility of making the playoffs and people ran with that. But if you look at it, the 2016 roster is way worse than the 2019 roster. And half of the 2016 roster ain't even in the NBA anymore. Yeah, man, this is, you know, these narratives that people want to run with. Chris Paul has always been like a media darling in people's eyes, and we know how it is with Russ. Russ is pretty much damn near the most hated in a lot of media's eyes, which I still don't go – I don't get it. I don't get either why everybody either hates Russ or they love Chris Paul. Just it, – it, it's just very weird to me. I, I really hate how people really – what's the word I'm looking for? They rely on the media's input. And and they really take and take whatever they say and run with it for the most part instead of just watching their eyes and having their own opinion. So 
a lot of people just got to stop being followers and just and just watch the game for themselves. I wish people just watch the games on mute and just not even sometimes just just go to Twitter because I feel like a lot of people just run to Twitter and they see what other people say and they just try to get their shit off and they don't even really watch the games. I even feel like that with like half these reporters, honestly. They just go to Twitter and see what somebody is saying or look up the nearest highlight and then just judge the player based off of a plus and minus that when basketball shouldn't be just judged by by analytics. But again, it's the world we live in. It's the world we live in. That's all these number crunchers and pencil pushers that everybody likes to rely on. And you you can't you can't base the game off of that. Cause you're you're for sure right. I can I don't even have to look. I just remember that 2016 roster. And like you said, Victor Oladipo was definitely up and down that season. Steven Adams was arguably their second best consistent player, if we're being honest. So that was his that was his third year in the league. That's what I'm saying. So he was a he was a young bull in the league at the time. And then fast forward, like you said, Chris Paul has a Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, uh, a Shea Gildas Alexander, uh now a more improved season, Steven Adams. So it's it's night and day between the two rosters, man. And and quite frankly, I, I'm this is not a a breaking news thing, but ESPN don't know everything about basketball either. All right, they're becoming a real shit show over there. So I suggest people just start wising up for themselves, man, or else you just gonna continue to look dumb as hell. Yeah. So you know, just to. <laughs> kind of wrap up this Chris Paul thing my personal thoughts is in my opinion just if you look at accolades or you look at impact Chris Paul needs a ring to enter top five um it's cute what he's done for the league but at a certain point we have to be honest folding um choking underperforming has to take notches down it has Thank to. You. It we can't just allow a guy to rack up stats and then be like, nah, he's definitely top five. Because if you want to be honest, we can go to different players. I can even go to KG or Dirk. Those guys got it later in their career, but they grind for it. They had the accolades. They needed that one more thing to put them over the top. And that's what Chris Paul needs. He's a great just like them. We're not gonna hate. He's a great, but to enter this um, sacred top five, because point guards, if we're being honest, it's like three locked spots. And then the, the fourth and the fifth spot is interchangeable. But like you said, Chris Paul, damn near, if we really want to be honest, Chris Paul could be top eight. He's not even top six. He's not like cracking that. But a ring puts him over the top because his accolades are there but he also has a lot of failed attempts and I know people want to go to injuries or whatever, but you have to go back and look at the context of the game because he's had times where the Clippers were healthy enough to be in the playoffs. They choked. The Rockets choked, even though he got hurt. The Hornets, I never, I never had a problem with him on the Hornets because I knew he was running into uh, to Kobe Bryant. That's like same thing with uh, Michael Jordan's era. There's some guys I, I never hated on because you're running into one of the greatest. So I'm not going to count his Hornets, but players-wise, if you look at the talent Chris Paul's played with, he man. definitely should have way <laughs> more assists and hey, way man. more winning records. 
talk about it. I'll say this too. A lot of people, you know, is you know, we like to blame the Clippers for their their blown leads, and we like to blame Doc, who who deserves share of that blame also as well. Not just not just to troll him, but Chris Paul is now blown. I want to say it's about like four four lead series where he's up to zero. Doc Rivers didn't coach over there in Phoenix, so we can't blame him for that. He didn't go play with James Harden in Houston. He was over there with, with Book, who y'all proclaim as the mini Mambas so badly. And and we're going to get to him wet in the bed also. But, but again, we can't, can't blame him for that. So, again, Chris Paul deserves blame for a lot of these serious leads that they were up and then they all of a sudden just couldn't come back from. People got to remember that. I wonder, I forgot which year exactly it was in OKC when they were um, not in OKC when he was with the Clippers. They were up 2 0 against OKC. And he had a fucking blunder of a moment against the Thunder where they. Oh, I have much, that clip. I have the clip. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm talking about. I just that sent year. it in my group chat. I literally just sent that clip because on YouTube, there's like a 10 to 15 minute um, video of all the leads or all the turnovers he's had in the final moments. And that clip alone was a two-minute clip where – I know exactly what you're talking about. He had yeah, two he turnovers. <laughs> and they were back-to-back. Yeah, he, they were up five. Um, KD hit a three, so they're up two. He had a turnover on the inbound where he kind of, like, tried to dribble over somebody, got it stolen, Thunder tied it up. Now you have a chance to win the game. He dribbles, 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 turns it over, Thunder win. And that was, um, I want to believe, let me look at it. I think it was 2015 or 2014. Yeah, I want to say, I wanted to say it was 2015, maybe. But yeah, yeah it was definitely one of those years. It's 2015, yeah. Yeah, he blew it, for sure. And, every, and a lot of people don't want to speak on that, so... Again, if y'all go mention him in these top five uh, conversations, y'all got to bring up the good and the bad because it's both equally right there. Yeah, especially if you're going to try to diminish someone else's um, legacy, like John Stockton. People say, oh, he had Malone. But that doesn't that doesn't put you over the top. Kobe had Shaq, and he doesn't have 10K assists. Like, come, that makes no sense. It's that's not a, That's not a fair enough argument because – Outside of Malone, his talent was shit. Brian Russell, not to shit on you, but come on, like, who's going to put him in a top 100 score? Is nobody. Chris Paul had Jamal Crawford. He had a sharpshooter in J.J. Reddick. He had Blake Griffin, who was a lob threat. Tyson, lob threat. DeAndre Jordan, lob threat. David West, and people forget who David West was before he went to the Pacers. That was a big man. addition when he went to the Pacers. He, he's had some guys, man, Asia. We can keep going. He had James Harden. There's some guys on that team where Chris Paul, and and if you go look at his assists, he's actually fairly behind. He's he's five thousand behind John Stockton, and he's only played three seasons less. So he's not gonna he's not gonna crack that unless he averages like sixteen to fifteen assists a game in the next three years, just to say, oh, we did it in the same amount of years. So I, I really don't I don't like that argument. I don't respect it because there's a lot of guys that have played with greats that didn't get close to the assist he got. And then we have to be honest, John Stockton and Malone were ahead of their time. All teams run right now are pick and roll. 
They were doing that in the 90s. Now imagine if you put them in the early 2000s or you put them in now, he probably would have fucking 30,000 assists. Yeah, especially the way that they call the game now with the with the calls that they make, with with um, some of the foul calls that they had to go through, especially now, which is pretty much nothing compared to what they what it, what what is being called today. I mean, shit, that that could damn sure be be some a scary sight nowadays, especially with the with the open shooting that's going on in the game that's translated. Fuck, I don't even want to think of. They actually might could have got a ring in this era. Like legitly, legit could have got a ring, and could have had all the accolades. Malone alone would have had maybe forty-four thousand instead of what is he at thirty-two thousand or thirty-one uh, points. He would have had ten thousand more. Like it, if you want to put stuff in context, context, you have to put it all the way in context. And like I said, those two guys alone probably would have went way crazier. And it's not fair to Stockton to try to diminish him. And then we don't even talk about his durability. In 19 years, he's missed less than 100 games. Like, I don't even think it's 100. It's not even 50, I don't believe. Because his last three seasons alone, he played 82 games straight. Three seasons straight in the end of his career. He played 19 years. We're talking about postseason games on top of that also. So he's playing 100-plus games every year. And then they they ran into Jordan. They went to the finals twice. They ran into Jordan. Like <laughs> so everybody knows when Jordan wasn't in the league, other teams won. The Bulls weren't winning. So imagine, and it, obviously it's it's a what if, but they definitely could have got two rings. Definitely. Chris Paul can't say that. Chris Paul's went to the finals once, was up 2-0, and lost. That's a whole difference. Just like like I said, when I have Jason Kidd in my top five, he led teams, especially under his circumstances. If you look at his rosters too, especially the uh, the 3 one that played the Spurs, they had no chance to even go to the finals, and they went because of Jason Kidd, and he came off a broken leg. And then when Jason Kidd in 2000 went against the Lakers, you're running into a dynasty. Yeah. You ran into two <laughs> dynasties. You ran into the Spurs. And you ran into the Lakers, who at the end of that dominated the early 2000s. From 2000 to 2010, those two teams alone went to the championship more than anybody in NBA history in that time span. So it's like I said, it's a difference. We can't just look at names and go to basketball reference and be like, oh, yeah, no, nah, this play is better. No, you have to have the context. You have to understand the game. You have to understand where the game was at that time, who were the players who were the, the dominant players of that era. It's a lot that goes into a top five. And when you look at it, Chris Paul has been in the easiest era and has underperformed when it came to the postseason. Regular season is cool. There's a lot of regular season warriors. But the postseason, he has underperformed. And yet everybody calls him the point guard. I, I, somebody got to help me still. I'm sorry. That's just me. People can say I'm a when hater. When is a god not in your top three? <laughs> get out of That's here. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I don't get it. Like I, it, like you said, it's cute, man. Like, I understand. Little guy, you know, got, finally got to the finals after 16 seasons. But once again, this is the Chris Paul we knew. This is the Cliff Paul we knew. 2-0, blow it. All right? I'm not surprised at all. So, it is what it is, man. But, 
Uh, not to switch topics too much, just to touch on the Phoenix Suns, man. I will say, I will give them their flowers. Salute to them. You know, get into the NBA Finals, making it. Like I said uh, before, to in order to try to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. They put themselves in that position to to win the Finals. They're only two games away. Um, we saw the growth from that team, um, just from from Aiden and Devin Booker, also from and Michael Bridges of the world, the campaigns. But it's clearly it's clearly easy that that it shows they're not ready to they weren't ready to win a ring and and quite frankly when these teams come back suited and booted and come back 100 percent i don't think that they even sniffed the finals at all um i think for deandre ayton it shows that he's still not a dominant big like they were switching small small guards and, and people that were smaller than him all the time, and yet you would you would expect him to treat his opponents like Giannis did them. He never did it at all. And then that last game showed me he was mentally checked out. He already bought his ticket back home to the Bahamas. And as far as Devin Booker goes, I really hope y'all put these these Devin Booker's like Kobe Bryant conversations to bed, lay it to rest. He even said it himself that he shouldn't be compared to Kobe Bryant. So that means that y'all shouldn't do it either. He went eight for 22 in that last game. And it really wasn't just the eight for 22. It was the way it looked at the end of that game. You couldn't tell me he went eight for 22. And then he only had 19 points. And then the way he went out game five was sad. Kept getting stripped by by uh, Devin Booker. I mean, I'm sorry, by Drew Holiday. And every time, every time I looked up, when he was getting stripped cleanly, he's turning and fussing at the refs. My guy, my mentality, eight or 24, no matter which one you take, he ain't backing down for no one-on-one -on -one challenge for nobody. And if it's getting tougher, he's gonna he a dog that's gonna bite back. So again, the Suns still showed their youth showed they still have room to grow, and it still be interesting to see how how far they can go, what they do next season. But that's that's just how I think about them, man. Uh, well, what are your final thoughts on on the Suns? I mean, you you were nice, so I want to salute them as well, but. These dudes got reverse swept, man, in the NBA Finals. They were up 2-0. I, I understand it's not easy to win a Finals, but the team that they were and how they were able to get to the Finals, you once you sniff the Finals, you really have to attack. Like you said, Devin Booker, he was good for the first couple of games, but towards that end, man, he kept folding in the, in the final minutes along with Chris Paul. But Devin Booker as well. Sweaty. Yeah, man, with him, Devin Booker as well was folding, and that's that's not going to cut it, bro. Um, a lot of people praise Monty Williams, and he should have definitely got coach of the year. They need to give him his award. He kind of got out coached, man, by Bud, and I know people don't want to hear that, and Bud is terrible, so it's, it's, it's like saying that a terrible person beat you, but that's exactly what happened. Um, it did. Ah, Bud, did. <laughs> Bud kept punching the same two two to three plays and you couldn't stop it. So you've got to respect that. It's, he's basically just smashing the, the X button and you didn't know what to do with that. And I have to <laughs> I have to give that credit and I have to give that critique. And then, like I said, man, you're up 2-0. The team you have shouldn't have went down like that. Um, I understand that Giannis was Giannis, but even when Giannis was that dominant, at most times they were still down in the game. Suns had leads. 
the Suns were right there and they would always fold or they would always make a mistake. And you either have to clean that up or you have to come to realization that you shouldn't have been there in the first place. So um, salute to them for capitalizing, but this probably was their last opportunity. And then we don't know what's going on with Chris Paul and his player option. And um, everybody else is clearly going to get better this offseason. So we have to see what the Suns do. But in my eyes, I don't see them getting back. And it's about to be a long road ahead. So they either better get better, get Chris Paul to buy back in, and then beef up their, their bench because even the bench, other than campaign, he's probably going to get paid. But that bench didn't do shit. Um, certain guys didn't play. I don't know why. Etwan Moore or Langston Galloway uh, or no no is Etwan still on? yeah he's still on the roster I don't know why yep, he's didn't play um Frank Kaminsky definitely did better than I thought he would do but he's still not even enough so they got to beef up at least three to four spots on their roster no definitely for sure they if they expect to make a finals run or or a deep playoff run they definitely got to get a lot better they can't run it back with the same team because it's just not going to work, man. But I do want to transition. You mentioned Chris Paul. We don't know what he's going to do with his player option. We, we've seen the Lakers. We've seen the Laker name be brought up, as we always do, because either you love us or you hate us. That's how it usually goes. But it seems that the Lakers got their eyes on a – their potential eyes on a veteran point guard. We've seen the names of, of Westbrook. We've seen the names of Chris Paul. We've just recently seen the names of this morning of – Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan wanting to team up uh, pretty much with purple and gold, which gets me excited, gets my ears, gets my ears up. And then, you know, we've also seen, we've seen uh, Spencer Dinwiddie also, you know, definitely mentioned that he would like to come back home and, and play for the Lakers. So just, just what do you think just the Lakers, Lakers should do? Who should they, they go after? All right. I, I think I kind of know the answer, but, but just, uh, just talk to the people <laughs> one time, man. Do, do you want to see Chris Paul in the purple and gold, Luke, for? Um, I'm not opposed to it. I, I think I still have a bitter taste in my mouth for – it really wasn't his fault about the veto, but it's it's kind of how he went about it. Like, it, it seemed like he didn't even fight for his opportunity to win. He kind of just was like, all right, I, the trade got vetoed. I'm a clipper now. So that's always been a bitter taste in my mouth. But, you know, Chris Paul – definitely could win with the Lakers. I'm just skeptical about the final moments. Um, of course, throughout the season, he's going to have us on a high. He, he definitely is a great point guard. So, you know, feeding AD and LeBron is going to look very easy. We're going to be super excited, but it's just those final moments for me. I don't know. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. Like you said, you kind of know what I want. I'm team Westbrook. Get him the fuck over here. Um, I'm ready for that for sure. Like, that's something where if that happens, that's that's like a city needs to shut down and celebrate type of day for me. I don't care what anybody says. He's a winner. He's a competitor. I don't care about stats. He's going to compete, and that's what I want. There's a lot of guys that kind of just didn't compete or kind of folded this year, and that says a lot because we're the Lakers. Like like you said, we've, we've, been, through, we've been here, but we've seen guys fight. We've seen guys play their role. Westbrook is going to be home, bro. You know the difference of a guy playing at home? You Like, come on, man. That That's going to be crazy if that was able to happen. So I'm definitely team Westbrook, but I was also team DeMar. 
So if Westbrook isn't possible and we have a possibility at DeMar and that has to come with Kyle Lowry, I'll take that, man. I'll take that. So those are my two options right now. Anything else is a eh. um Dame is is a reach to me, so I don't get too crazy about that. But I'm it's really those two options. And Westbrook's at 100 percent The DeMar times Kyle Lowry is like 70. Yeah, man. I think of course I think the, the Lakers are in a great, great position right now, man. We know that Kuz wants to get out of LA. We got the um, potential of signing, putting Schroeder in a signing trade for a deal, and we just recently, <clears throat> we just recently put the restriction tag on on THT. And at first, I'm not gonna lie, I got a little excited. I said, okay, you know, he's definitely gonna come back. But I have to, I have to pump the brakes a little bit because also means we could just put him in a signing trade deal, which yep. I know that that can that can work in our favor also because I know we'll be bringing over somebody like the Westbrook if that was to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the Lakers could do as far as package wise. Uh, as far as Chris Paul as being a Laker, my only knock is, like you said, the the, the pressure moments. But will he fold again? His palms get a little sweaty. And also, we start to see Chris Paul break down again just in the playoffs. He's starting to get a little injured, injured prone with, with the shoulder. He started complaining about his hand hurting and about some torn ligaments. And you know what? I don't need that on my team, man. Either you're going to play through them injuries and shut up about it. Or, or again, you just got to deal with it in Phoenix or or the New York Knicks. But don't bring that shit over here. They already turning thirty seven, and people are like, "Well, Bron's getting old too." But we haven't seen the injury, the injury riddled person that CP three is in Bron. Yes, Bron got hurt this last season, but we don't see Bron go down many times. So that's why I'm not worried about it. But as far as Chris Paul, definitely got to think about that also as well. But like you said, man, bring the Brody home if. If they bring Westbrook home, man, I'm going crazy. I'm going to act like we traded. It was it was us trading Kwame Brown all over again. I'll be so damn excited. <laughs> I, I can't I, I, I can't wait because I know the Lakers are going to make moves, man. Like I said, we're, we're in a good position where we know something's going to happen. What's going to happen? We don't know the exact move, but the Lakers ain't just going to sit back and just let and let everybody just throw, throw dirt on their name and kick us while we down. So everybody better enjoy their fun while they can because – once free agency starts and, the, and and we get all these these deals done, y'all going to be saying how the Lakers cheated, Rob Palinka's this and that, how we're a super team all of a sudden. So uh, y'all y'all get y'all fun in now, man, while y'all can. Yeah, no, it, it's – I mean, this is – like I said, all season is like Christmas, man. This is this is like a gift right now. Um. I've been fiending. I'm bored, man. With no finals, it's boring. So I want to get straight to the rumors. Like, keep pouring them out. I like waking up, going to read an article, understanding what's going on. Like, it, it seems like there's a lot of possibilities in this league. Even with, you know, to go off topic, the Warriors are pushing to get a star. Uh, the Warriors, big three, Draymond, Curry, and Clay are pushing to get another star. And Bradley Bill's on that radar. So stuff like that is just fun to read. It's fun to think about. This league is is about to get very, very crazy in the off season. Yeah, man, for sure. I think, especially with um, so many things coming up, the NBA draft, man, people definitely got to watch out and, and definitely pay attention to what 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 goes on, man. So, 
it's like you said, man, it's always an exciting season when, when the free agencies pop up and, and we get these rumors. And and before we move on to the uh, NBA draft real quick, I, I did see another rumor. That I, I need you to answer, man, because Kyle Kuzma's your boy and all. You know, Talk to me. they're saying they're saying, you know, he's he's ready to move on from the Lakers, and I hope so. And I know we'll get that done for him. But he sees himself as as in the eyes of the same talent level as as Jason Tatum, man. So what what you what you think about that, man? How how you feel about that? Um, first of all, I felt like it was fake news, but just to play off of the fake news, um, he's not at the same level. I can see why he thinks that because, you know, before he, uh, before we traded for AD, he was held in a high regard, which is respectable. He was definitely held in a high regard and people forget that. And, um, AD and LeBron, like we've all, we've been saying all season and even last off season, they are his position. So there's no way, this is pretty much all we're going to get from Kyle Kuzma. There's no way we can get better unless one of them sits out and that's not possible. So for him being ready to move on, like you said, I love it too, man. Let's get some um value for you. Let's get another player who's here to win, um, who hasn't had a taste of winning. So they're going to be hungry. You've already won. You are, um, he's a Hollywood star now. So we already know how that gets before this gets even worse. Let's, let's cut ties. Let's get, let's get past this era. Um, I don't know if he can reach Jason Tatum's star level. I'm going to say no, but he's definitely going to be bigger once he leaves the Lakers. And it's going to be like, it's going to be another case where everyone's going to be like, how did they let him get away? How did he become way better when he left the Lakers? Uh, he's playing <laughs> with LeBron and AD. So I'm not going to be surprised when he's better off the Lakers. I don't think other people should be, but we know how this game goes. Yeah, he's definitely going to play better. He's going to be in a in a more, uh, more sustainable role as far as he knows what he's going to be doing on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, and again, like you said, he, he's done well for us in his, in his overall time. You know, with, without his play, we don't get, we don't receive an AD. We don't put ourselves in a position to win a championship. So I'll say salute to him for that. He's gotten better in different areas and aspects of his game here. But in order for the role that, that he views himself in and serves him best, got to go somewhere else and do it, man. It ain't going to be in LA, like we said. There's not enough shots to go up for him. Not enough playing time at his position also as well for, for him also. So... Wherever that's best, best ever serve. If if he feels as if he can reach all star level and potentials elsewhere, hey, go do it, man. All, 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 all the powers to you, man. We wish no ill will on you. Go out and hoop, man. We know you can hoop. We seen you do it. Like you said, you were able to put up buckets in your first year. So, hey, just go do it elsewhere now for for many years to come. Yeah, we've we've seen this story before. All, all I ask is we get some value for him. Let's not just let him walk for a second round pick and do like some type of cash dump off. Nah, let's get some value. Um, there's some teams still out there that are gullible enough to take him with high value. So let, let's, let's get that done. That's all I asked for. Yeah, man, we can definitely send his ass to, to Sacramento. I'm sure Luke Walton will have him back. Uh, yeah. He played his best with Luke Walton. So that'd be cool. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> 
But moving on, man, we, we got your, your team, USA, uh, finally, you know, about to play tomorrow, a real game. What's your expectations? Or not, that's not tomorrow, that's Sunday, the 25th, right? Yeah. Okay, so we got them playing the 25th. What's your expectations? How far do you see them going? And who is going to be the star of the team? Obviously, we know KD's the star, but you know what I mean. Like, who, who do you see having a bigger impact than we expected? Or is it just going to be Kevin Durant? Well, let's see. First of all, let's go Team Nigeria. Y'all keep building on what y'all doing, man. Keep winning. Hopefully hopefully we can, <laughs> we can go far in the Olympics, earn our first medal. But, um, but yeah, Team Team USA is is definitely going to be interesting. They play France first. I think that's going to be their hardest game of their uh, pool play. Of course, we got to go against Rudy Gobert. There's going to be Fournier over there. <clears throat> um, I just hope that we do not let Frank Nidakila turn into Prime Guild Arenas. That's like one of my biggest fears. That every every first of all, everybody's going to give Team USA their best shot. I just don't want to see some random ass guard go off for about like 24, 25 points, and all of a sudden. They look like the like a, a Mike Tony led team on defense, but I think overall, I think we'll we'll see some of. I think the biggest players is gonna have a major impact on our roster will be Drew Holiday with his with his defense again, and also I think I think we'll see Dane. I, th- I think we'll see Dane go for a forty ball at one point in, in the Olympics. Don't know against who or when. I just think Dane is due for one of those games where. This is going to be like he can't miss. Um, I also think – I think Booker is going to also continue some of that – some of those same buckets that he was able to get in the finals. With those guys coming over from from uh, the NBA finals to now, it's not like they, they were ever out of shape. So I think the only big thing they have to worry about is just being jet lagged. But they'll be over there in a couple of days. Hopefully they'll be able to get the legs under them. No one pop. Or I'm, I'm going to assume that Popovich and the coaching staff is not like they're going to just throw them into the – to the fire pit and just have him play about 22, 25 minutes a game. But but I expect them, those same three guys as far as Middleton, Holiday, and Booker to still be the, the players, what they were in their role, but, of course, just minimize. And the biggest thing for Team USA in order for them to be successful and just by watching their games, one, they got to defend the three better. Um, they also got to defend just the, the pick and roll better. And, and also, I just want to see more – more fluidity in their offense. Sometimes it just looks like the ball gets stuck or or at times it just looks like players are, are are too bunched up and it looks like they don't know what they're doing. But again, that was just based off the expositions for what we saw. Pretty sure they, they'll, they'll have that fine-tuned up. But I'm expecting to see a, a great entertaining game um, against France in the in the opening rounds of, of pool play. For those who don't know, the game is at 5 a.m., so if you want to want to pre-record it, or or if you are going to get up and watch it, time is uh, 5 a.m. I believe that's that's um, our time out here, well, uh, Pacific time. So I'm not sure. I just know it's 5 a.m. Damn it! So be up, be ready if you're going to watch it or or ready to uh, record it, man. But uh, overall, just for, uh, just to speak on the Olympics, I can't wait to see it, man. Just I want to see how how far Luka Doncic can can lead Slovenia. Can they get a medal? Um, Australia is looking like some of the, the heavy favorites outside of USA. And they're a team who has never medaled in the Olympic in Olympic play. So that's going to be interesting. Also, we'll see how far they can go. We already know Spain's going to be up there as far as teams to compete with. So 
again, man, there ain't no NBA finals. So the more basketball we can get on TV, the better, man. Let's let's speed this up. Let's get it going. Yeah, man. It'll be interesting. Uh, I'm looking at Team Canada too, see what they do. Um, they're like they're like a baby version of USA. They just have the talent, they don't have the chemistry. But hopefully they get some chemistry because they have a good roster. They have the up and coming Wait. guys. Huh? Not not to cut you off. Did did Team Canada qualify? Oh, they didn't end up. I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was. <laughs> I want to say I I think they they uh they didn't qualify. Like they were in the qualified games and they fucking blew it. Cause I wanted to see Team Canada, but I oh, couldn't see, find that, their pool. And I think next. I want to say that they uh they blew it. That's funny. What I was gonna say next is I'm really not even following. Like I'm not um I'm not gonna support the Olympics like I usually have. If if the game is on and I'm already sitting down, I'll watch it. But other than that, um, with all the, you know, I'm not even going to say racism, but the prejudiceness going on over there is it's hard for me to just sit down and, you know, rock with it. I'm definitely not definitely not watching anything else, no swimming or track or anything else that I usually kind of just keep an eye on. So um, Team USA, good luck. I don't know what they're going to do, but I hope they do win. Um, it's embarrassing when we lose. It's definitely embarrassing because we're supposed to be the supreme talent. We we always undermine foreign country players, so don't let them dudes beat you. I, I am rooting for Luka, though. I, I feel as if, just looking at every other team, I feel as if him and Drogic can definitely get um, at least a bronze medal. But then again, there's there's going to be teams that are kind of slept on that, you know, sweep through the Olympics. But I hope he at least gets a bronze. That'll add to his jacket. Um, because when we do debate, we do. I mean, it, it, it's it's undermined, but we definitely do throw in the gold medals and stuff when we debate players. So hopefully he's able to get something out of this. And I just wish everyone stays healthy. That's another thing. I hope everyone stays healthy. Because next next season is is going to be one of them ones. It's, it's definitely going to be a, a fight of the Titans. The big dogs are coming back. A lot of guys coming off injuries. A lot of guys um, having something to prove. So I hope everyone stays healthy. And even down to the role players. I'm not hating on nobody. I don't want nobody to be hurt. I want a full season next year. A full great offseason where teams aren't calling audibles and the only way they are is if they lost out on the guy that they wanted but other than that just just healthiness that's all i'm looking for right the league is better when we got all of our all of our star players playing at a high level man so that's all we want to see so again we wish everybody um just just greater health out there in olympics not just far as injuries but also covid out there hope everybody stays safe nobody catches any symptoms or or anything and everybody just comes back safe and sound, man, and, and be ready to gear up and prepare for the next NBA season. Yeah, exactly. That's all we hope for. Um, it's been a great, great season, but it's time for Christmas. So looking forward to the offseason and, you know, the big three in the Drew League. That's all I'm looking forward to. So salute to everybody that's kept up with us. This is definitely a great season, definitely a better championship than people hoped for or thought it would be. So. I'm I'm happy with the product we got this year. Yeah, man. Overall, man, but again, the NBA was an exciting season. 
as 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 usually as per usual. Um, of course, you know, with the injuries and everything going down, kind of kind of just made things a little has had like a downfall. But at the same time, it's without those injuries, we don't get the product that we got this year. So other guys stepped up, some fell back. Um, again, we just wish everybody healthy, man. But but one one last thing before we get on out of here, man, as we head into the offseason, we got the NBA draft coming up next week, man. Um, give, give me your thoughts on it, man. Do you, um, is there anybody looking at that, that you want to see just coming out of the NBA draft next year that you got your eye on? Or or just, just talk to me how you feel about this draft. Um, it's a pretty deep draft. I got my eye on really the top guys. I want to see K do his thing. I want to see Jalen Suggs make it in this league. And then the Mobley guys, I definitely want to see them perform. That's all I'm really looking for. Um, I will be reading on the, you know, the sleepers of the draft and hoping that they do well. But other than that, I'm really just looking at the top five guys. I will say this about the uh, the draft. I really think you mentioned how deep it is. I think this can go down as one of the best drafts in recent memory. I'm not comparing it to, to 03 or, or 96 or anything like that. But when we're talking about just some of these, um, the drafts and the group of talent, the deep pool of talent that it has, this is going to be, I think this can be the ones that is that is mentioned up there with, with some of the ones that, that we do know of. Uh, like you already mentioned, um, some of the top talents between Cade, uh, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Suggs. I, I want to see, well, we know Cade is consensus number one. It's going to be interesting to see what Houston does with the number two pick. Do they draft Jalen Green or Evan Mobley? Because out of those two, the next person is going to Cleveland. And I, I wish them Godspeed over there in Cleveland. And that was basketball depths of hell. It's basketball purgatory, if you ask me. Nobody should have to go through that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Just some of the the, um, the G League guys who we saw, the Jonathan Kamins of the world. I want to see where they end up. Um, the Warriors have two lottery picks at number 7 and 14. You mentioned earlier, do they package those up? And also along with the James Wiseman to try to go get a Bradley Bill or make a move on the superstar. And then also the Lakers sitting at the number 22 pick. I want to see um, if they don't trade it, what would they do with that pick? There's a lot of, it's a lot of time they could use with that pick. I would say the, a couple of names that if the Lakers do keep the pick, I want them to look for. Um, Joshua Christopher out, out of Arizona State. Um, another LA kid who can go out there and fill it up. He can get buckets. For those who don't know who he is, he's pretty much, a Nick Young who takes the game more serious. And I truly believe that he's Nick Young reincarnated as far as the buckets he get, but he's at, he competes on the defensive end and he's locked in. So he wants it. Um, another guard that people should, that uh, the Lakers should take a look at if he's available, Chris Duarte out of University of Oregon. Um, he's a, he's a poor man's Clay Thompson to me, somebody who can shoot the ball, play defense, um, a high level of defense and as a, as a pretty efficient shooter, um, I'd like to see where he goes. And then also another one of my favorite guards coming out of the draft is a, is a point guard or co- kind of a combo guard, play point guard in college named Cam Thomas coming out of LSU. He's a true bucket getter. And if the Lakers need anything, it's somebody who can create a bucket on his own. So those are just a couple of names to watch during the draft, man. But again, I'm, I'm excited. Draft is next Thursday. I'm sure, we're going to see a lot of deals to be made, teams moving up and down in the draft. And it's going to be interesting to see who names get moved on draft day as well. Yeah, for my Lakers, you already know I'm Team Joshua, and Cam is a close second. Those are only two guys I really want. Um, 
Also, Murphy. Murphy's my third option, but I don't know if he's going to be there. So that's just my um, picks that I want for the Lakers. We usually never get who I want. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> that's the only reason I'm not going crazy. Also, I would like to trade that pick. So those are my thoughts of my Lakers. Other than that, like you said, it is going to be a good draft. It's next Thursday, so that'll give us a little bit of a rush again because, like you said, there's going to be trades. Um, some teams don't want to stay the same, and some teams want to move up in the um, in the totem pole. So good luck to them. Definitely, definitely want Josh on our team, homegrown L.A. guy. So that's all I want. And he, he's a man child. He was definitely working grown men as a 16, 17-year-old, so – Definitely want him on the squad. Man, we seen it at the Julie firsthand, so <laughs> he been ready. So if we do keep that pick, that's definitely the first guy I want. Especially if he falls to us that low, I'll, I'll be surprised that I'll take him, man. Yes, sir. As we get out of here, man, everybody knows, like we always say, we protect, support our black women. Always we want to continue to push and lead the youth in the right direction. Um, everybody out there, please stay safe. Mask up. I know y'all hate wearing masks, but again, until we figure out what's going on out here with, with these new COVID strains and, and everything popping up, continue to wash your hands, stay safe, wear your mask while out in public, man. Keep your loved ones safe, man. And, and again, just enjoy this summertime. Uh, Luke Fo, you got anything you want to say to the people out there? Yeah, man. Appreciate the support. You guys already know how I feel about that, man. Thank you. Everyone that listens, everyone that reposts, everyone that talks to us. Hey, say bye to the people. Say bye. Anyways, man, <laughs> we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Yes, sir. We out. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page. BNL underscore podcast.